Hello, friends, and welcome to a new uh, interviews of a series with guild leaders and key opinion leaders in our industry, guilds, metaverse, GameFi, and blockchain gaming. Today, I have the pleasure to interview Louis uh, from uh, Xborg, CEO and co-founder of Xborg. Uh, Xborg is an esport organization focused on blockchain gaming and also a GameFi hub. Initially, it's powered by a Swissborg, and uh, it's very interesting what they're doing right now working on a lot of different things, maybe a kind of evolution of what guilds are. Uh, so, yeah, we really want to know more about what you do at Xborg, Louis, but my very first question for you is simply like, who is Louis? Who are you? <laughs> hey, um, no, first, um, thanks a lot, Jeremy, for having me on, on this show. Um, I really appreciate you guys, um, what you guys are, are doing um, in the space. You know, we've discussed very early on uh, back in Paris, and, uh, you know, since then, I've noticed the growth and I think, you know, bringing innovative content and, and the great platform that you're building. So kudos to you on this. Um, just a few words about uh, myself. So Louis, I'm French. We've been in crypto since 2017. Um, first started uh, more on the uh, speculative aspect of things, uh, then, got, then got into the technical aspects with... Uh, MEV and, and arbitrage opportunities. Uh, that, then I got involved in some DAOs uh, like MakerDAO and CityDAO, where I was a contributor or, or council member. Um, besides that, I was in traditional finance, um, a quant in Credit Suisse, and then a crypto specialist at Rothschild & Co. And uh, I mean, long before this, I've always been a gamer and um, yeah, wanted to do something specific around around gaming uh, that could add value to gamers. And I've noticed that blockchain has this ability for, um, um, well, to empower uh, gamers globally, but it wasn't used in the best way possible. And it was a lot about speculation. And I think gamers need something different. Um, so that's a bit about my, my background. So yeah, passion is about uh, decentralized technologies, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a finance guy, um, but I also, I mean, I've been gaming for the better part of my life now. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. <laughs> okay, so I see uh, there is some uh, gaming background, finance, crypto, 2017. So very similar. I also started in 2017 in crypto in the financial aspects of, of it. And, um, and, but how, so... How did Xborg came to life? So if you were correct, we started to, to talk like six months ago or something. And remember, initially you were working at, at Swissborg, maybe already having this project of Xborg. So uh, yeah, how did it start? How did you yeah. maybe start to work for Swissborg and then it morphed into Xborg? Yeah, so it started, um, I mean, I, I was like employed by, uh, by Swissborg initially and that was... I would say incubated um, at uh, at Swissburg, and um, we spun off. So we went out of, of Swissburg. I mean, we still entertain um, a very close relationship, and they're helping us on the day-to-day -day operations of of Facebook. Ex um, initially, it started with um, with Anthony and uh, myself just discussing about uh, what kind of value can we add to uh, gaming. Uh, with uh, with blockchain, and we we noticed that 
gaming gears were a big thing, but we also understood that it was not executed the right way. And there were so many things that we could do now. And, and I'm sure you're aware, but whenever you're starting a crypto project, it's very hard to, even though you have a great product, it's, it's a lot about connections and, and who you know within the space. And, um, you know, being with uh, SwissBorg helps substantially. Um, like we, we haven't announced this publicly, but we've, we've closed the first funding rounds. And, you know, without SwissBorg, that would have been very hard because crypto is at a stage where connections matter quite a lot. So to me, it was paramount to the success of Xbox to be with uh, SwissBorg. But essentially, it started with, with Anthony, the, the co-founder and chief uh, strategy officer of SwissBorg. Um, and yeah, we decided to um, try and change the, the way blockchain is um, adding value to, to gamers. And um, yeah, then Xbox came to life within SwissBorg first, and then we, we spun off completely because we understood the potential that this could have and decided to do yeah, something separate from the, from the core of SwissBorg. I see. So your kind of your entrepreneurial path. So it started uh, working for a SwissBorg, doing research into a gaming blockchain, how you can add to that. And then somehow you, you managed to, yeah, like based on these foundations, working for this company, you say, okay, we have learned so much. We have, there is a, a like a niche here that we can fill and we're going to do it with your support. And that's kind of your strategy or how it, uh, how it turned out. And, uh, and now yeah. you I raise mean, a seed round. Yeah. The goal was always to create something in, in gaming and, um, you know, SwissBorg, as you know, it now is just an app, but, uh, you know, it, it's becoming a, a wider ecosystem and we represent the gaming branch now to, create what we want to create with Xbox, uh, that requires additional funding. And that's not something we could have done solely with um, SwissBorg. And that's also a project that requires a lot of connections with the traditional esports space, the gaming space. So we decided to just you know, split it as a, as a separate venture, um, raise capital from strategic business angels and VCs to help us along our way. Um, but yeah, that's because we understood the well how big this could become that mm -hmm. we decided to to spin off. And you can, I guess, you cannot go too much into details into your uh, your fundraising. It's not it's not public, but you say you have several uh, backers. So SwissBorg definitely one of them. It, it's a question I have, and maybe some people will be interested by that. So as you started from SwissBorg, but now you have this kind of different venture where you are co-founder and CEO. Do they have like? A larger stake than a normal seed round investor would have or is it like really they are like big uh, big in this project or really it's a different venture that you co-own with your co-founder like in, in term majority stuff like that or you cannot yeah, so, much details. well it depends whether we're talking about equity or or tokens um at expo we're really trying to add full value to the tokens mm -hmm. in the sense that um Basically, what we want is that all of the revenues goes to token holders. And okay. so in that sense, not much would go to equity holders, um, as in no cash flow. So in terms of, of equity, I can't um, you know, comment on this. Um, SwissBorg is coming in. Um, as far as, as token is concerned, 
they have a share of the team token supply, mm -hmm. which will be highlighted as we um, release the white paper V1. Um, but they hold um, a larger stake than just what strategic investors will have. Um, why is because they're helping substantially. Um, and, and the relationship is like very close, um, whether it is from a legal standpoint or a technical standpoint. So we're getting access to resources that uh, within like just a partnership or collaboration context, we would not have access to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just getting access to a legal team, you know, whenever we, we want, yeah. also the technical team. And um, yeah, I mean, also in terms of, of communication and, and marketing, you know, we have full access to the Swiss Borg uh, resources. And um, so we spun off, but we, we're still very close to the ecosystem. Yeah, that's that's pretty clear. That's, I think that's really great strategy. I mean, you don't build from nothing. You have great support, and that's how you are able to do great things. And that's also why you know we, we've been. I've been hearing a lot about uh, uh, Xborg recently in what you guys are are doing, uh, and we're going to go more in depth into that. Uh, before that, maybe to to finish kind of on, on on fundraising and your achievements so far. I know that you've been. Sold, solding out your Prometheus NFT in 25 minutes, I think is what you you say in in your Twitter. Uh, so can you tell us more about this Prometheus NFT? If I understood correctly, by staking it, you will have a tokens, future tokens. Uh, so yeah, how many did you sell? Uh, for how much? And uh, what is what is what is it doing? Yeah, um, yeah, that's been a, a recent a great success. Um, I mean, lots of people have been uh, thanking me, but um, uh, the whole team has been working on this. Um, we're now, uh, well, seven uh, in the team. And also the community has, has, has done a tremendous job um, you know, helping us to, to achieve this. And uh, so we've uh, launched the Prometheus NFT uh, five weeks back, I think. Um, so supply is 1,111. Uh, main prize was uh, $500. Um, and yeah, That's we good... sold out within within 25 minutes. That's pr pretty fair regarding uh, uh, current market conditions. That's yeah. Yeah, that was, like, um, really impressive. Yeah, that, well, that was... Uh, yeah, it, it was, you know, uh, going going at it, you know, um, it's, it's very different from stating what you want to achieve to actually achieving it. Um, and it required so much effort uh, to, I mean, not just, but I think the point is not just to sell out, but also have some upside potential for investors because you don't want to, you know, sell out at 0.25 ETH and then have the floor price crashing. Um, and, and you want that there is some uh, room to grow. And uh, what's great is we constantly maintain a higher floor price. I think now it's like 0.8 or something, uh, mm -hmm. which means that there is still some, I mean, people that truly believed in us from you know, day one still got some upside, which, um, although I don't like to talk about the price, it, it does matter. It's and, matter. Um, when, it, when it's good, it matters. When it's not good, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? But um, yeah, you know, we care about the people that are within our ecosystem. And uh, of course, why we, uh, so we've conducted like a fundraise privately and, uh, and we still, yeah, that, you know, raised about 500k from this NFT sale. 
which is not something that we um, had to do uh, mm -hmm. to operate. And like we haven't touched any of those funds. Yeah. Um, and we won't for, for a good amount of time just because our burn rate is being covered by the first fundraise. Of course. But it was still important for us um, to have people commit because when you understand the utility, you understand that, um, especially when it comes to governance, um, if, if people don't, don't pay for governance rights, they are likely not to exercise these rights. Mm -hmm. and, and when we understand that people have put skin in the game, and you know, uh, spends if you because you could buy two NFTs, so upwards of, of one thousand dollars for mm -hmm. two NFTs, then they feel sort of obligated or they feel like they have to vote. And what's yeah. great is on the um, think first governance proposal, we had more than fifty percent of the supply that voted, which testifies that people are really involved in in in, in this aspect. Um, now I'm talking about governance, but the utility of that NFT, for me, number one utility is the governance. So mm -hmm. um, the early Xbox is governed by its people that are composed of the Prometheus holders. Um, and uh, they've been voting on, on several aspects of, I think first is to reprioritize the roadmap to put forward the uh, launchpad, which uh, we've now launched. Um, and, yeah, you know, successful that was, as well. Uh, I think uh, I've seen that uh, you you made. I think with the harvest, you already had one uh, kind of project and also sold out, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we um, so the initially, you know, we wanted to do the launch pads um, later. Uh, I mean, later. I think that was yeah scheduled for like very first POC back well in in November or December. And um, yeah, governance decided to do this earlier uh, mm -hmm. because we had access to deals. And as you know, when you have deals on the pipeline, you can't just wait and um, and say, hey, you know, we need one more month or two. Uh, so we decided to just um, go fast and uh, really something that you know, is, is still in, the, in beta mode, but at least works. And um, yeah, we had, uh, so there are some deals we can't, um, Discuss actually, there are some deals that you, if you don't have a Prometheus NFT, you can't have access to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so far we um, we had two deals. We have another deal that is, I think, coming out. Well, that, I, I think it, we opened the round on Friday of this week, so Friday 28th of October. But yeah, we sold out the first one. Uh, second one we did, yeah, 96%. Um, so that's great. And uh, just coming back to the um, to the initial question of the Prometheus NFT. Yeah. Um, the second utility is the um, is the tokens, um, which are distributed via frictionless staking. Which uh, which means that you don't have to stake your NFT in a contract. You just have to hold it in your wallet. And um, the longer you hold it for, the more Xbox tokens you'll get. And then the other aspect is. Uh, Within the you know, GameFi hub, you basically have no fees. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll discuss about the things that we're building, but um, starting from the launch pad, if you have a Prometheus NFT, you have no fees. Um, whilst um, the other rounds, so, which are um, more public rounds or, or soul bound token uh, bound round, uh, rounds, 
uh, you have a markup on the investments. Um, so yeah, that's okay. that's about it. So it's kind of uh, accessing the premium tier of your whole ecosystem on top of governance and tokens. Yeah, yeah, and we we wanted to do this because, <clears throat> well, first we want to be created by players, and uh, I think the best way to create a product is to co-create it with your user base. And um, well, the users of our products are community members. So for us, it makes sense that they co-build with us. Um, it also helps us to prioritize and, and iterate faster. Because um, whenever we want to get a comment on, on like the quest system, which we are rolling out next week, then it's, 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 it's super, super easy. Um, you know, like customer interviews or, or like user interviews are, are very easy to conduct. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I have a, a simple question for you. Uh, what is a guild for you? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one uh, because, <laughs> um, and honestly, don't I'm, I'm not sure I even have the answer. But to me, it seems like it's um, it's a good it's a group it's a group of people that would. Uh, pull resources together, whether whether it is monetary resources or intellectual resources to achieve better goals. That's, I think, the way I would put it. And um, I, I think in the past we've um, we've overemphasized on the monetary aspect. I think under the other types of resources, um, whether it could be human resources or technical resources, I think the I mean, um, you just can achieve way more with uh, with people, and I think that's the way I would define it. And I understand that you guys at Crypto Guilds has have a pretty wide definition of yeah. what Crypto Guild is. I've seen you um, um, mentioning a thing that a VC is a guild. Um, I think if I mean, you know, if we go with my definition of just being a group of people that share resources then a corporation would also be a guild um, yep. because at the end, you know, what makes up a corporation is, is people um, and like a community is a guild in, in that sense. So yeah, that, that would be my definition. Okay. And uh, so is Xborg a guild? So yeah, you have two things about Xborg. You have the community which um, is composed of people and, and hence that would fit in the definition of guilt. And then you have, you know, what we've, uh, we call on the Xbox um, white paper V1 is the Xbox labs, uh, which is the, the hub. And um, so the guilds, because, uh, you know, the, the hub will, I mean, the, the, the labs builds products that is not just for, for the community. I mean, for our community, and and that's for other communities as well, and to create and foster other communities. So um, yeah, our community is definitely a guild. Okay, uh, I'm wondering. So uh, your your guild, there's there are a couple aspects to Xborg, the way I understand it and express. So yeah, there is an esport organization part. So this is a part where you have players, formerly called scholars, still called scholars for some. I I want to get away from this uh, terminology. I don't really like it, but all right, you have this esport organization, players, you uh, sponsor tournaments, you make them play, they can earn somehow. Uh, you have this, you have the GameFi Hub, which is composed, if I understand correctly, you have kind of a decentralized identity aspect, 
Quest marketplace uh, uh, deals or B two B sites. So you are this kind of uh, GameFi hub and esport organization. You have the, these two aspects, and these two aspects requires a different kind of uh, focus and different kind of actions. For instance, in blockchain gaming, uh, in esports blockchain gaming, you may have to acquire assets from the game, right? Like NFTs, etc. So how do you uh, how do you manage your resources, both in terms of people regarding these two different aspects, and also your financial resources, right? What is money used for uh, operation, and what is the money used for uh, asset acquiring? Yeah. So um, uh, you know, you've mentioned scholar, but we we haven't done any of uh, any asset lending thus far. Um, it's just uh, you know, in light of the bear markets, um, we, you know, we have limited resources. I mean, we and that means we don't have unlimited resources. So we we have to be very careful in the in the way we spend our our treasury. Um, so we won't. It's very likely we won't do scholarships because um, that's not essentially where we want to go, uh, and that should not be because um, I think the cost of capital of executing this is too high. Vs. Uh, I mean, versus the opportunity cost of just building great products. Um, so you know, for us, we're scaling our community because we know that they will be the user base of our product, and we want Xbox to be fully decentralized. And it, you only are decentralized if you have the people. And the the more we are, the the better for our products and for our decentralization. So. Um, we so the, the Xbox Labs is composed of um, I mean so currently I'm yeah pretty much the only one in the labs <laughs> building the product mm -hmm. designing and, and coding the products um, but that's part of I mean that's the part of the business that we are well of the business of the um, of the organization that we are uh, scaling now uh, we are recruiting about five to six people in that area. And then um, we'll maintain and, and keep growing our community, which is esports driven. Um, because, um, you know, whilst the products go out, then it's very important to, to scale that. And, um, and like the products, like the Quest system will directly impact the community as well. I mean, the growth of the community. And um, I guess we could talk about this Quest system, but that's uh, tailored for a Web2 audience. And okay. so that's going to be a great way in which we yeah, scale our community with, with Web2 enthusiasts. Yeah, because I, I saw actually on your, on your platform that you are playing, like either streaming, playing, and even putting tournaments on community gaming, I think, for uh, not only Web3 games, but a lot of Web2 games as well. So mm -hmm. you, So blockchain is not paramount paramount to what you do right it's not uh, in everything you do this doesn't need to be blockchain gaming there is a blockchain aspect later on maybe but not necessarily right yeah no like um we are most especially in light of the current market conditions and 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 it, it comes back to where we think gaming well what for gaming will be you know end of the year and next year and you know we can't just sit down here and uh and build tech just for Web3 gamers, I think. And then, widely speaking, blockchain has this opportunity to empower gamers, you know, wherever they come from. And uh, 
And uh, I mean, at, at least the data layer, you know, we, we're building it in a way that uh, that can empower any gamers um, globally, um, which is what the Quest system is. And uh, so we've been very web three focused. Um, I mean, we, we did a couple of tournaments, um, but uh, as soon as the Quest system goes out, which is pretty imminent now, uh, it's going to be a lot about Web2, Web2 games, uh, because the Quest system integrates with uh, Steam, like with the, the Steam's uh, auth API. And that means that we'll cater to Steam games. Um, you know, what, what comes after are also Epic Games integration, Xbox Live, PSN um, integrations as well. So that will cater for the most part with um, Web two games. Mm -hmm. um, so if I so so the quest the quest system, uh, if I understood correctly, the the idea is you kind of build uh, the uh, gamer identity uh, on the blockchain of of uh, any kind of players, uh, incentivizing them with quest and making it effortless, so they don't have to set up a wallet, maybe or whatever. Uh, they just like play their games and what what is the idea behind so they are incentivized and then they receive probably some soul bound tokens so non-transferable nfts uh on the form of achievements or proof that they are players that they have doing they've been doing this this and that and that's how you kind of want to onboard these players and and build their identities that will be used later on and we'll talk about that for many kind of things in the blockchain gaming industry um yeah i mean we um <clears throat> I mean, that's exactly this, uh, you know, what we want to build. I mean, that, that's something we're trying to assess uh, internally now, whether, I mean, that comes back to the flow of our app. And then we've built the two options. We just don't know which one is optimal, but we can either have, um, I mean, build with an, an MPC enabled non-custodial key infrastructure for, well, that would uh, enable people to sign up with Google and then in the background that would um, create an, a non-custodial wallet. So they basically don't have to know about uh, crypto wallets. I mean, this would be created in the background versus a Web3 native um, authentication system. So you just connect with your wallets and you know, uh, sign a message and, and you get logged in. Or you sign with um, you know, Google or any other provider, and then you have to create uh, a wallet. Uh, that that comes back, I think, to well, uh, yeah. How do we want to educate the the people that use your platform? Uh, because what we can do is you know build all of the quest system off chain, and and the player can decide whether they want to uh, bridge it. Uh, on chain, and then for this, they would have to have a wallet, and and then um, you know just send the wallets to their uh, accounts, and then mint it um, on chain. You know what we're doing fundamentally is uh, we're trying to challenge players of games with uh, an interesting quest system. That uh, you know basically, um, if you have like a KD on Apex Legends above five and you, mm -hmm. you have it continuously for like 30 days on a given mode, um, you will be able to get an achievement. Um, 
which are, I guess, you know, quite similar to what Steam achievements um, can do, but we are adding uh, much more granularity to those achievements. And um, okay. also governance can decide what type of achievements that we, we do. And it could, um, I mean, a user could uh, you know, tell us which achievements they want to have on, on, on the platform. Um, so now we are assessing whether we natively bridge that on chain or we you know, have this Web2 login or you have the achievements. And if you want to have it in your wallet, you have to, I mean, you could literally just press a button, you know, link your wallet and, and that's it. Um, okay. Uh, and what is the, what is the incentive? Like incentive? Why as well, a player, I, I'm Steve, why would I go on, on, on Xborg? and connect my wallet to get all these achievements um, and do quests. Yeah, um, yeah, it comes back to the utility of the Sorbonne tokens, um, which you will only achieve if you mint them on-chain. Okay. Well, because the whole ecosystem is built on... Uh, well, fundamentally, to access the deals, you need to pay in, in crypto, so you need a wallet. Um, but uh, coming back to the opportunities of... Uh, you know, early stage opportunities, um, you have different rounds. Um, first round is with you know, our NFT, which you know, will always be the first round. At least that's what we, uh, we have in mind. Second round is, is a, a digital identity bound um, whitelisting. So what's interesting is when you talk to a game, you know, a game will always want smart money when they raise privately. And, mm -hmm. and now the question is, what is smart money for a game? You know, is it VC or is it gamers? And we think that this is gamers. Um, so we enable games that come on our launchpad to target specific agencies that we, um, well, we um, query, uh, you know, via the Soulbound tokens. So a use case for this is if you're an FPS game and you're raising, you know, capital privately, you would typically want FPS players to um, have access to a sale because they would not only provide capital, but then, you know, have skin the game to then help us and, and follow your journey. And this is what we enable. And so as a, as a gamer, just having Soulbound tokens will get you whitelisted for um, investment opportunities. Um, it's also, if we come back to the social graph and, and what it means for gamers, um, it means that you're, you'll have one, I mean, one single wallet that gathers all of your identity, um, which is agnostic of any authentication system. So it's, well, or, or, or games. So you can have your stats from any games, really, uh, as long as we have a, an authentication system for that game. Um, so it's, uh, we aggregate your data into one single source. And then that really represents your gamer's identity. And, and that's where you have like, all of your data inputs into one single thing. Um, the social graph, as, as we want it to be, is a, a place where gamers meet each other. Um, you know, we've, I mean, just over last weekend, I built this matching engine for gamers. So if you have similar profiles that are directed by Soulbound tokens, then you will eventually, well, be able to meet um, and, and eventually chat and, uh, and, and that's where, you know, matchmaking could happen is, you know, we do matchmaking, but with much better granularity because we have so much data for the players. Of course.
So if if I understand correctly, your your target audience, like very target, is like wealthy player, wealthy gamer uh, that is willing to uh, play games, put money, play potentially at a competitive level, but more importantly, yeah, he's willing to put money in the game and invest in games, right? So you have intersection well, of this for the opportunity. Um, for the opportunity part, um, well, yes, I mean, they need to have some purchasing power, but with regards to the other layers, like the social layer, you don't need any capital. So it's only mm -hmm. like the, the deal part that requires capital. But as, as far as the social graph is concerned, um, you don't need capital. So, yeah. And, and couldn't you do something like uh, something that I would do? Uh, scrap all uh, Steam's achievements and make them NFTs? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, then uh, well, we, we can do this and um, we could literally bridge all of this data um, instantly. That seems, like a, that seems like a good strategy to me. <laughs> well, yeah, but then, um, yeah, then there are questions about... Um, I mean, then there, these are some legal considerations as to mm -hmm. can we do this? Um, I mean, technically, we can do this. Um, and and that was actually implemented mm -hmm. in one of the um, one of the product iterations. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, just for for legal matters, we did not go this route. Okay. Um, it's also because if we look at um, Steam achievements. Um, I think it's missing some granularity, um, yeah. but to be honest, uh, I mean, we literally had a call with the team yesterday where I pushed that we bridge this, but yeah, for legal considerations, we won't go that route uh, initially, um, but that's go, yeah, something that go, we might... go further and it's better sometimes to ask to, to uh, like to say your stories oh. and asking for permission. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, it's also about retain retention of your products. If it's just a um, one-off um, one bridge, people won't come mm -hmm. back early to your app. If you yeah. feed yourself the quest and you implement new quests every every other day, then people mm -hmm. come back to your app, right? If you just but do I, one. So aren't you afraid that the prospects of SBT alone as a Quest we reward will be enough to onboard massively people. Well, no, I think it's just come back. It comes back to the the utility of that Soulbound token. Um, That's so true. Then... But it, it's uh, it's kind of a next step. So they need to understand the concept of Soulbound tokens, and then the, your entire ecosystem and and how the Soulbound you know kind of fits in your ecosystem. Right? Yeah. It's not like do this quest earn ten dollars. This is yeah like. like harder to do financially but it's you know yeah um yeah i mean of course you know if you want to get immediate traction on this you would um incentivize you know financially uh i think just like what uh layer three was doing initially yeah let's get the ball rolling and we might do this um uh, it, it's actually specified on on the white paper v1 uh there's yet to be released but there, there will be mm -hmm. some like achievements mining um uh i mean that's to be still to be um uh, we're still not sure about about this um but uh, but again i mean um we're looking to provide true utility for that 
NFT and uh, 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 well for the Soulbound tokens. Um, mm -hmm. So we're, we're sending out uh, partnerships and collaborations with traditional esports teams so that they use the Soulbound tokens as a way to recruit players. Um, yeah. And and that means if you want to build your your CV as a gamer, you would have to go on our platform. Yeah, um, that's very and, smart. Uh, yeah, so we're making it so that, I mean, that's still under consideration. Um, it, it, it will evolve by the time you, I guess, look at this video on, on YouTube yeah. or any other platforms. But yeah, this authentication system, uh, are we doing just everything on chain and allowing them to go off chain for, well, no, are we doing everything off chain and allowing them to go on chain when they want to? Because potentially with our tech, we can build this this gaming CV without even the blockchain. But we can say, well, tell the gamer, hey, if you want that this is immutable, we we do gasless um, transactions. I mean, we pay for the gas so that you can have it, you know, sitting on on a, on a blockchain. You're in Polygon, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um... okay. Just to finish on the uh, question that I asked a bit earlier to make it clear, because in our audience there are many game developers, and I know that you were looking for projects to where you wanted to acquire uh, gaming uh, NFTs. So, is it still the case? What is your thesis? What is the best way to approach you regarding that? Uh, yeah, tell, tell us more about yeah, that. So there are. There are two angles. It's um, there is one angle where we invest off of our balance sheets, and you know, whenever we invest, well, um, we also come in as advisors. I mean, that's um, quite natural. Um, the other way is that you you can have access to to gamers, um, you know, with the soulbound tokens, and and that that would go via the the, the launchpad. Um, and that's not your typical launchpad because we're not like ideal type of launchpad. We are pretty early. Mm -hmm. And um, what's interesting about this is you also get advisory services from us directly and, and from the players uh, that invested. So what's interesting is, yeah, that's a, to me, the true smart money is when you get players to invest. And, uh, yeah, and sure. that's what we allow with the, the Soulbound token and, and the launchpad. Um, now, you know, when it comes to our thesis for us is we would only focus on high quality games. Uh, I won't go into the AAA or like AA kind of standards because I think that's uh, there is a lot of crap out there. But um, mm -hmm. there needs to be like it, we, we won't look at a game if we don't think that this has the potential to onboard the next million of players. Mm -hmm. and, and this in itself filters out so many so many games because there are lots of games. I mean, there are actually lots of Web 2 games that just come in Web 3 mm -hmm. with, uh, and we've seen so many of them. They, they failed in Web 2. They're trying to go into Web 3 to gain market share because, yeah. uh, you know, one Web 2 product um, that is subpar would be on par or, or about, above par in, um, in Web 3. But we, as we look at the games from really, uh, a gamer's perspective and fundamentally is will i play this, this game or do i enjoy playing this game and um so we look gameplay first um if we don't think that this has a possibility to onboard the next millions of players 
we won't look at this. And, and that mm -hmm. means that uh, I think the, um, from getting a deal to accepting the deal, we have, uh, I think, 1.7 um, well, acceptance rate. Percent. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, we, we filter out a lot of this. And then, and of, of, of course, um, it's great for a game to be good, but then we deeply look at tokenomics. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's one of the hardest uh, thing to predict. But um, you know, of course, at the end of the day, a token, token price is directed by supply and demand and, um, or, or like sell and buy pressure. But if you issue too many tokens, then you have too big of a sell pressure. So even though the game is great, if the tokenomics are flows from the start, it's just not going to work. Um, and and are so you yeah. yeah? Are you open to more widely, uh, like more widely deals with uh, like gaming projects, uh, games? What I mean by that, for instance, on we on Crypto Gears, we push uh, something uh, about uh, swapping, not swapping tokens or NFT, but swapping services for future tokens or NFTs. So as a guild, maybe you don't have much capital to deploy anymore right now because it's stuck in your form is your previous investments, but you have players or streaming services or marketing services or launchpad services like you're doing. Mm -hmm. And we are trying to push this kind of open to swap deals. So games, maybe they're raising a million or 500K, but they will, well, they will tell you, okay, I will give you an allocation of 50K in exchange of your players yeah or whatever. Are you open I mean, to that? I mean, this is what, well, typical of what advisors are, is they mm -hmm. exchange services for for a, a given allocation. Um, so yeah, we, we're open to doing advisory. You know, if you have, if we have the bandwidth and capacity. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, I mean, this is, um, well. And, and this, you're, you would have a, a higher uh, acceptance rate or no? Uh, well, that would not fall in the deal uh, deal conversion. Mm -hmm. That would fall into well different segments. Um, yeah. What we would aim to do is to always put the players first, and um, if we can, then have the players do the advisory themselves first, and then be the ones that provide this opportunity. So you know, let's say a, a, a game is is keen on a I don't know 2k equivalent in tokens a month in advisory fees mm -hmm. well then you know why don't we just um do a quest where 20 people from our community that have given soulbound tokens can claim that quest and 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 provide value uh, to the games directly I think if we have the opportunity to be advisors on on a on a game in which we we had in the past but we just decline some of them uh it would go to players um mm -hmm. to our players okay. first okay i see very interesting uh, what do you think of the following sentence uh nft lending renting is the fuel of the metaverse economy uh, well well if you think the economy is only is only tied to the NFT. Um, well, then yes. Um, though the economy can't be qualified as just NFTs. Um, you know, you have different. Because um, currently, the way you partake in economy is by only spending money. Uh, I guess there are other facets where 
you can partake in the um, economy without spending, and, and that could well, be, you know, come from skin the game or, or just um, you know, sweat sweat achievements or just you know, soulbound tokens. So your progression in the game impacts the economy. So I think you would just it would be too restrictive to say you know, lending is the uh, is the powerhouse behind the metaverse. Because some assets you won't be able to lend, like uh, non-transferable NFTs. It's just, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't do that. Um, and I'm very bullish on this. On like, uh, yeah, issuing. I mean, having your economy run, but not on just um, things where you had to spend money, but more things where you had to spend time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but it, and, and you know, time is a currency, and and and. So yeah, so I would not. I mean, I would say that, that no NFTs are are just not the. It's just one one aspect, but there's so many of them. One aspect, okay, yeah, because uh, it's true that the renting lending is really cor- like linked to the fact that NFT has a value. They can be transferred. They are limited, and they have earning potentials. With all of these elements uh, united, then it makes a lot of sense because you have an asset that can bring you yield, and you want to optimize this yield. And I'm telling you also that because I know we've been working and talking with people, with the guys, for instance, at Ultra. We mm-hmm. discuss these kind of topics regarding the lending, uh, renting, and how it would look like. But right now, there is also a lot of pushback regarding this, this kind of model, you know, with all these uh, free-to-own uh, uh, mass airdrop NFTs to everyone and, uh, and uh, also lower the earning mechanisms. So it's not automatic anymore, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's more like you cannot extract value. So mm-hmm. with all of these, these things still like the renting, lending, what is called scholarship model has a future somehow, or is it like gone? Yeah, you know, as I said, you know, we're not interested in scholarships um, because we don't want to risk our treasury for this. Um, I, I, you know, until, no, I'm, I'm not even sure that's going to be relevant, but um, I still think lending has uh, somewhat of a potential um, and, um, you know, we are integrating lending and borrowing on, on our platform, but we're just That's doing, really cool. like, you know, custom front ends. Um, we're not building the protocol directly. Um, that's not a great use of our, of our time because of others have already done it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, it, it still has some space, uh, I'd be interesting to discuss with IMX um, how they, you know, what they think about this, mm-hmm. um, because so far the TVL or the amount amounts of NFTs exchanged on platforms like IQ Protocol or ReNFT, mm-hmm. they have not really got uh, gotten any traction. No, no, no. I agree with you. It's it's still I think it's still too early uh, to to really tell if it's, it's going to be powerful yeah. though but i'm sure you'll have like i mean the the front end that we've envisioned is a, a front end that would pull liquidity from different market well different protocols so mm-hmm. the proof of concept we have ready is one that integrates with iq protocol and we nft so you know if you have a given nft that would tell you you know, where can you lend it? You know, is it non-custodial lending or is it uh, non-collateralized lending? Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Um, so I saw in your uh, roadmap that you mentioned a 
fractionalized uh, NFT, fractionalized ads. So what is it? And is it also your, your old business model? So how do you see your business model? What is this into it? Uh, yeah, can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have the Xbox Labs that builds um, a suite of products for gamers. So you have the base layer, which is the data layer, um, investment layer, um, a social layer, but the the pinnacle of where we want to go is um, we want to empower players to create their own communities, um, co-invest with them, so you know, have a treasury invest you know, via our launchpad, um, have their own identity via our data system, be able to work with our quest system and you know, produ produce advisory services or you know, help games directly. And um, we want that they can earn revenues um, via their the uh, the visibility that they generate. So concretely, that means that what we want to do is disrupt um, in the esports industry first, mm -hmm. then go on to the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. But we foresee that the next big esports teams will be esports teams that are led by influencers or people or like pro players. So it won't be, you know, the corporate structures, but it will be players first. And we still want them that they are able to, to uh, generate revenues from partners. And the way we see it is because we want everything to be um, somewhat decentralized um, is uh, what we aim to do is fractional, well, uh, tokenize the different marketing aspects of, um, of a given community, whether it is the um, Twitch banners or whether it is the t-shirts of the, of the uh, esports teams. And uh, just like you have it on Sandbox where you can buy uh, a plot of land, well, you could buy a, a plot of marketing collaterals. Um, and this is what we mean by fractionalized NFT ads, is you basically buy a, a land plot, but not of land, but of, of marketing. And, um, and yeah, that's a big part of our business model because what's interesting is each parcel can, well, have its own data. So you know how many reviews they generate. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still very far from achieving this. Um, like it's still at a, at a conceptual level. Um, that won't happen this year. Uh, that's for sure. That's going to be after the, uh, we launched the protocol to create decentralized gaming communities. Uh, but that's ultimately, I think that's going to be our biggest challenge for 2023. Okay, so let's come to our uh, last question of today. It's a meta question. I ask it to every single person that I interview. So if, if life is a game and you can go up to level 100, what is your current level? Yeah, that's... Uh... That's an interesting one. Um, I should have watched the other interviews to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. If if that's scaled on my age, you know, that'd be twenty five. <laughs> so that's my level, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, assuming that I live a hundred years, that would be mine. Uh, it's probably gonna be less. So, so around the range of twenty to twenty five. 
And um, yeah, there is still uh, so much to do in, in that life. So um, yeah, that'd be my answer. And how do you win the game? Uh, yeah, is there really uh, one way to win? You know, because you're assuming that this, this uh, you know, if if pre-death it's um, is a meta, then post-death would also be another meta. So what do you win, essentially? And um, I think just uh, winning this one is just uh, just being happy and, and living a fulfilling life. Um, and at, at any level, at any scale, just trying to make some impact in, in some sense. Um, I think that's how you 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 win it but i think as long as you're happy living that life uh, you basically win it um i don't think you need to overthink or overdo things and i don't think you need to be a high achiever to win because what is there to win i mean um yeah i, I wonder what is there to win <laughs> fantastic no it's a, it's an open question i don't have the answer i'm also in the looking for the answer uh, okay. Uh, actually, the no very last point. Uh, you mentioned that you're uh, recruiting people. I think five to six. So just maybe people listening would be interested. Yeah, totally. Um, so as I said, it's mainly on the Xbox Labs. Um, so you have so some technical positions uh, like senior software engineer, uh, junior software engineer, product uh, product manager. Um, we also have an ITO product manager. That's also for the Xbox Labs because, uh, yeah, that's something I guess we don't have time to discuss. Um, and then the other position is design lead uh, mm -hmm. for the Xbox Labs. I mean, that's actually a position that, that overlaps between the labs and the community. And then we also have a community manager position for the um, for the community. And um, to apply, you can just head over to, uh, I think, swissboard.com. Uh, wait, I need to check this out. Swissborg or Xborg? Anyway, we'll put all the links in the um, in the descriptions. No, it's, yeah, swissboard.com slash careers okay. slash Xborg. I think that's... Okay, uh, so, so the link will be in the in the, yeah. in the the description anyway. All right, well, that, that was actually the wrong link, but it's jobs.lever.co slash swissborg. And then you put the department Xbox, and uh, and there we go. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. It was uh, really a pleasure, uh, Louis, to have you today. Learn more about uh, Xbox and what you're envisioning. I think it's extremely impressive. I've also we've been discussing for several months, and I'm very impressed by what you do. Also at 25, that's even more impressive. I was not aware of uh, of that. That's like extremely, extremely uh, uh, cool. What you're what you're doing. So yeah, we'll maybe have an episode two in a couple of months to see how how <laughs> things are how things are going. And uh, to the audience, I will meet you again for a next uh, interview with uh, guild leaders and key opinion leaders. All right, bye. Cool. It was a pleasure. Bye.